Or does it feel like the preparations for Christmas are just getting faster and faster and faster? And uh, let me just share with you that there are only nine days left before Christmas. Not to put any pressure on some of you. That, um, uh, that we have all these activities in front of us. We have all of these um, parties to go to. And it just seems like uh, what's happening is what these guys are trying to do really fast, and that is to pick up all the mess. And that's about the way that our lives look right here, scurrying around doing all this, and we're wondering, is this really what Christmas is all about? And so I know in my own life that I have all of this stuff going on, and I'm wondering, how is it that I can really experience the presence of the Christ child into my life in a profound new way, and not just a way in which this world has for me? In fact, I just want to remind you that underneath our Advent Christmas tree, we have a Bible open to the passage of Scripture that we'll be reading this morning. And the Bible is there just as a simple reminder to me, to all of us, that one of the things that we need to do on Christmas morning is not just get down there and open up all the presents and get engaged with all of the things that are normally part of our Christmas, but that we spend some time reading a short story from the Bible about the meaning and purpose of Christmas. So I, I want us to look this morning at a passage of Scripture that is actually the foundational passage of Scripture for uh, the, the drama that our children are going to be sharing with us in just a few minutes entitled The Reluctant Innkeeper. And I've asked Kate Papadopoulos to come and, uh, along with Mom, so if you guys come on out, and they're going to share with us the reading of Scripture. You may want to open up in your Bibles or uh, uh, look on the screen. But we're going to be having the reading of the scripture of, from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Luke 2, 1 through 7, International Children's Bible. At that time, Caesar Augustus sent an order to all people in the countries that were under Roman rule. The order said that they must list their names in the register. And everyone went to their own towns to be registered. So Joseph left Nazareth, a town in Gahili. He went to the town of Bethlehem in Judah. This town was, the no was known as the town of David. When Joseph, Joseph went there because he was from the family of David, Joseph registered with Mary because she was engaged to marry him. Mary was now pregnant. While Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to have the baby. She gave birth to her first son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So she, so she wrapped the baby with cloths and laid him in a box where animals were fed. Amen. My friends, this is the Word of God for the people of God. Way to go, Kate. Thank you so very much. December the 16th, 2018. Donald Trump is President of the United States. Rick Scott is the Governor 
of the great state of Florida. Randy Henderson is the governor of Fort Myers. And over a thousand people will be here in the sanctuary and watching at home, celebrating the birth of the Christ child. Now, I'm hoping that there's at least one person here this morning who's asking the question, why did Tom share all that information with us, all those details? Why? See, I, I think it's the same question that we need to be asking of the gospel writer who, who wrote uh, the scripture we just heard. Why were all those details included? Luke, the author, is a physician. And every physician that I know uh, is very interested in details. And so Luke decides that he is going to give detail after detail in order to set the Scripture up so the original hearers would understand it, as well as those of us who read the text today. Now, when Pastor Robert and I were in seminary and doing our theological reflection, we, we learned a phrase, a German phrase, called the Sitzenleben. It's, it's in, the English translation is the situation in life. It is the context in which the Scripture is read. And so back then, people would have understood it better than we understand it today. So listen to this first three verses of the Scripture. Here we have these verses that say, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So why, why did Dr. Luke decide to give all these details? Why did he talk about uh, the, uh, the, the emperor? Why did he talk about the governor? Why did he talk about uh, the registration? Because all people wanted to read about back then is the coming of the birth of the Christ child, the babe of Bethlehem. All we want to do today is to understand uh, the, and celebrate the birth of the Christ child. So why did Dr. Luke decide to, to place uh, th this language in the Scripture? It's not there by mistake. What we have here is the beginning of the Scripture says, in those days. It does not say, once upon a time. It is not just a story. It is an actual event that took place. So what we have here is we have a contrast being lifted up before the people, the first original hearers and readers of this text, and in front of us today we have the contrast between the Caesar Augustus, if you can show me the picture, and the baby Jesus. That is the contrast that is being presented to us. So let me invite you to think about three aspects of power. I'm going to be here just a few minutes. Three aspects of power. First is, what is power? Look at that picture. What is power? The second is, who has it? Who has the power? The third is, how do we handle that power? So let me give you a fact. The fact is that Caesar Augustus, 
was in power at the time of Jesus' birth. Caesar Augustus was, uh, came into this world not with that name, but he came into this world uh, with a name Gaius Octavius. And he was the great, his great uncle was Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar reigned over this land back then for over 45 years. It was during his reign uh, that the road was uh, built from uh, the western part of Europe all the way to what we now know to be Iraq. It was during that time in which the theater came alive, in which literature uh, became just flourish. Uh, the, everything about the world back then seemed to flourish except for faith. In faith, in fact, he was given the name Augustus, the venerable one. Augustus, the holy one. In fact, if you go to one of the islands, you would find that there was a statue built. And on the inscription, it says, Caesar, uh, it says, Augustus, the savior of the world. That's what they considered him to be. This man had power. This man used power. This man demanded that people would follow his power. And it was into that world that Jesus, the babe of Bethlehem, was born. The baby Jesus, born into a stable that was owned by some man. The baby Jesus was put into... Uh, a feeding trough where animals would eat that belonged to somebody else. It was a baby Jesus who grew and when he was about 30 years of age started his ministry and he stepped out into a boat and he was in a borrowed boat doing ministry. When Jesus uh, went into the city of Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday, uh, the disciples went and got a borrowed donkey to come to take Jesus into the city. On that Monday, Thursday, when Jesus shared the last meal, he told his disciples, go and borrow an upper room. When Jesus on that Good Friday was taken and he was placed on a cross, his hands and his feet nailed, he was crucified for other people's sin. He was taken off of the cross and he was put into a borrowed tomb. He never wrote a book. He had very few followers. And yet today, one-third of the world's population worships the babe of Bethlehem, worships the Savior of the world. And how many pages of history are written about Julius Caesar? Gaius Octavius? Just a few. 
So I ask you now, who has power? It's the babe of Bethlehem. See, whenever we go anywhere and we follow in the footsteps of Christ, that whenever we walk into a place that is filled with darkness, filled with people who, who, are, who are filled with darkness themselves, Jesus Christ, and he comes and gives us light. For those of us in this room who are filled uh, with fear and agony, who is it that comes and comes to be our Messiah, our Savior, but is the babe of Bethlehem? What do we need? Do we need the power of the, what the world thinks? Or do we need the power of the babe of Bethlehem, God's gift who came in the darkness to shine light into the darkness? So let me ask you, what are you preparing for this Christmas? You have nine days. Will those nine days be filled with shopping? Or might those nine days be filled with reading the story of the babe of Bethlehem? Will the next nine days be filled with going to parties, doing activities? Or will you spend time reading the story of the babe of Bethlehem, the one who comes to bring light into the darkness of the world in which we live? It's our choice, your choice. For me and my family, we will choose to bow and to worship the babe of Bethlehem and not the power of this world. Let us pray. God, come. Fill us today. Let your babe may come alive in us. God, come. Instruct us. Open our hearts and our minds that we might experience the fullness of your grace and your love. Come, Holy Spirit, mold us and make us into your image this day. Amen. Amen.